Hello there, and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast, where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, exploring the Word of God together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. That is, that is just so awesome. That's really cool. Shaylee said, that's cool. So thank you guys very much. Been an honor to be here, and um, we still got more to do. I said, we still got more to do, more people to reach. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, John chapter 11. Um, also keep in mind, um, just for emphasis, that the last Sunday of this month, we are having an international connect um, if you've ever been a part of that, it's always a lot of fun. There are, uh, that we know of, 40 different nations represented in Odessa. Can you believe that? 40 different nations. Of those 40 nations, we have had 25 of them come to an international connect. And that's really, that's really cool. And so, but at the end of the month, we're having an international connect. And so you want to help out with that and jump in with that and make sure you see Pastor Angela and uh, talk to her. Um, so we always, the fall, usually kind of things start to get cranking up, getting busy. And, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, um, but we're here starting a new series this morning. I, I'm calling it Encounters with Jesus. And so we're just going to go through the gospels. We're going to go through the gospels and look at moments that Jesus had with specific people. Uh, I've been really excited about this, and it's gonna be a longer series than normal, and so it's gonna be upwards of probably about 10 weeks, but I, I don't think you're gonna get bored with it. I, I, you know, we love talking about Jesus, and what Jesus can do, and what Jesus does, and so, and I, it kinda coincides with our 30-day uh, Bible challenge. Hopefully some of you have been taking part of that, uh, reading the New Testament in 30 days in the month of September. It is not an easy task, um, but it is well, well worth it. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 11, we'll be looking there really quick. And um, we are um, going to go through the whole chapter. There are 44 verses. So are you ready? You got your water bottle ready? Your diapers on? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We just pray your continued work in our hearts, that our hearts be good soil, ready to receive your word, Lord. And I pray that from that, what comes out of that, Lord, is this that the fruit that only you can give, that you work in our lives, and Lord, that it impact those around us in a significant way. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we'll be looking at John chapter 11 in just a moment, but you know, I've, I've often thought about this, but I, I think that our culture has devalued the word miracle just a little bit. I think that, you know, there, there's so many things, you know, I don't know, there's maybe a lot of you in the room that don't realize this moment in history but I wanted to kind of, some of us you're going to remember, and you know, maybe some of you saw the movie, but I got a quick clip I want to show you really quick. Anybody remember that? 
Did you remember what that was called? The Miracle on Lice. That was Al Michaels. Some of you, if you're a football guy, you remember Al Michaels. He was the one calling that. And there at the end, he said, do you believe in miracles? And uh, there's been a movie made since. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you know what set that up. But, you know, the Russian team was all professionals, number one in the world and had been for years. And this U.S. Olympic team was college students who knew each other for about six months. And so that's where that miracle win came from, as they announced on TV. But, you know, to me, it was just a hockey game. I mean, was that really a miracle? I mean, exciting to see. And, you know, there's other things like that we kind of dub miracles. I, you know, maybe at home you have a miracle whip. Now, personally, I don't think this is a miracle either. I want the, I want mayo, the real stuff. And so if you, if you're a miracle whip user, you can have that right there. How will it just remind you of that? Or maybe, um, uh, here's, here's something I found. I didn't, I didn't know this, but berries can be miracles. There are miracle berries. I don't even know what miracle berries do. I didn't even look at the package. I just saw it on Amazon and bought it. It is non-GMO, 100% natural fruit, and it feels like it's crunchy, so I don't know. So if you want the best way to sweet health, there you go. You can, you can take that home with you. Somebody can grab that. Or how about for those non-green thumb people, I have used this stuff and still no miracles happened. Anybody? <laughs> Miracle grow? Yeah, whatever. That's another way to get our money. But I, I think the best thing that I found was uh, this right here. This right here is called Revolution Pro Miracle Eye Cream. Now, I know some of you want to know how, how I could be here all these 10 years and still look like I was 39 years old. And, that was too loud of a laugh, Anne-Marie, I'm just saying. So if you want to know my secret, there, there's that. So, uh, there, you know, there's movies, Miracle on 34th Street. You know, it's just, a, it's just a Christmas movie about Santa Claus. But the dictionary says this, that, uh, that defines miracle, an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. In other words, a miracle is something that cannot be done by humans. It's something that man can't do. And when a miracle happens, you know only God. God is the one that does the miracles. And I believe that even in the house today, I know I've said this so many times, and I've kind of, kind of building up to this moment, this series, in the last few months, but listen, I always believe there is a miracle in the house because God's in the house. Any DC Talk fans? Some of you should have caught that. Okay. John chapter 11. They have a song called God. Okay, anyway. John chapter 11, verse 1. Let's start reading. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Martha, Mary and Martha. Verse 2, this Mary, who, who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair, her brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. You know, I, as I read through this, it's, it was really hard not just to really pick out several things, but I don't know if you're ever this way, and this is not in my notes, but I want to pause this for a second. You know, when I, when I read that, one of the things I know sometimes I've done in life is I think I'm going to do something that, that, that twists God's arm. And let me tell you what I mean by that. You know, it's like, Lord, if you'll do this, I will. Has anyone ever prayed that? You, well, you may, I, I'll be, I've prayed that. 
Or maybe I'm going to fast, Lord, because I need you to do this. And now there's nothing wrong with fasting for something specific, but I'm going to tell you, fasting does not twist the arm of God. And I don't know when I read that about, you know, your dear friend is very sick. And of course, Lazarus was a dear friend of Jesus. But verse four, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the son of God will receive glory from this. Listen to me. I know whatever you're going, whatever the battles we contend with and go through with life, I I just want to remind you something. And I know some of them are very difficult. They're very hard. Some of them are, are tragic. But listen to me. God will work all things out for his good. Listen, what the stuff we go through in life, God is going to bring his glory out of it. And listen to me, that is worth going through the valley for. For the glory of God to be seen, it is worth going through the valley because God's got bigger plans than what you see. God's got bigger plans than what you can dream. God's got bigger plans than what you can think of. But listen, so he said, they sin for Jesus. Jesus says, this is not going to end in death. I mean, Jesus knows what's going on. He knows about the situation. He knows it's a difficult situation. He knows, I mean, he, he knows that Lazarus is just not sick, but it is going to end in death. And I know when we go through stuff, we think that no one has ever faced this. No one has ever, could ever understand what I'm going through. And so we tend to isolate ourselves when we go through those difficult moments. I don't know how many times, you know, somebody, maybe they hadn't been here in a few weeks or even longer, and we try to, you know, we make contact and, it's like, man, what's going on? And they're like, well, we've just been going through a hard time. That does not equate with me. Does that get really too close to home? I'm going to tell you, if the, the, the harder the moment I'm going through, the more I should be, want to be with the people of God. The, the harder the situation I'm facing, I know that the one that's going to understand is God that understands what I'm going through. And we cannot go through those moments alone. And so listen, number one is this. You are never alone when you feel alone. You are never alone when you feel alone. In the emergency room, you are not alone. In the long ride home, you are not alone. In the dark of night, you are not alone. In the moment of sorrow, you are not alone. In the heat of the fire, you are not alone. In the time of fear, you are not alone. In the diagnosis, you are not alone. You're never alone. I mean, God promised he would be with you always, even at the end of the age. And you can feel like everybody else has abandoned you. But I want you to know that Jesus has not left you. Do not go by your feelings. Your feelings will betray you. Amen. Okay, I was trying to pause, but okay, all right. Deuteronomy 31.6, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. Listen to this. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. In Psalm 94.14, he says, he will not abandon you because you are a special possession. Does anybody have any special possessions in life? I mean, there are things that are, that are, that are special to me. And, and when I feel like I have misplaced them or put them somewhere I forgot or something like that, I, I mean, sometimes I kind of get in a little bit of a panic. But listen, God has never misplaced you. He has never forgotten about you. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he's walking through with it with you. John 11, chapter five, verse five. So although Jesus, this is gonna be a little bit longer of a passage. So Jesus, although Jesus loved Martha, listen, you know, they said, your dear friend, Jesus. Jesus said, and although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, 
He stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to the disciples, let's go back to Judea. But the disciples objected. Rabbi, they said only a few days ago, the people in Judea, it, Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? I, man, this is such a rich chapter. No matter how many times you go to the hard place, he's still there with you. No matter how many times you face it, he's there with you. And I know sometimes we get, we, we have a lot of the why questions, right? Why, why am I going through this again? Why am I having to deal with this again? Why, am I, why, why this battle again? And listen, it's not a crutch. It's not, a, it's not a, some kind of Christianese excuse. He will go with you that hard place again and again and again and again and again. So a few days, they said, um, so verse 9, there were 12 hours of daylight. Jesus responds, every day during the day people can walk safely. They can see because they have the, the light of this world. Verse 10, but at night there's danger of stumbling because they have no light. Verse 11, then he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But now I will go wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. What a thing for Jesus to say. For now you will really believe Come, let's go see him. Verse 16, Thomas. This is so interesting about Thomas, right? This is the one we call Doubting Thomas, which actually I think is, a, is a, really an inaccurate um, designation. But anyway, verse 16, Thomas. See, the Bible has a nickname for him. Thomas nicknamed the twin. Do you know why Thomas was nicknamed the twin? Have, have, has anybody ever t heard about this? Really? Wow, okay. So here we go. You know why Thomas was nicknamed the twin? Because the other disciples considered him a twin of Jesus. Does that sound like a doubting Tom? Does that sound like doubt? You know, in that moment, he gets blamed for doubt when he said, well, I'm going to have to see him. You know what? All the disciples doubted. Right? So, known as the twin. So what does that mean? And they're not saying actual. I mean, they're saying in character and nature. He was the, of the disciples most like Jesus. Think about that. And so he, uh, he said, Lazarus is dead. Thomas, and so he said this, let's go to, I love this though. Let's go, you know, because they, they told Jesus, hey, they're going to, they just said they're going to stone you. And Thomas like, well, let's go and die with him. You know, let's go. That's some followers, man. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus, had already been in his grave for four days. Right? I know you guys know the story, but Lazarus was dead four days after he heard the news. So Jesus hears the news. He stays two more days. I mean, the question really is, was Jesus late? I mean, according to all the natural laws and feelings and emotions that Mary and Martha and maybe those that surrounded her felt, felt, right? That's how they felt that Jesus was too late. I mean, according to the natural laws of the world. But let me tell you, God does not have to operate in the natural laws of the world. So the second thing is this. It's never too late when it feels too late. It's never too late when it feels too late. See, the doctors say your disease is terminal. It's not too late for God. Too many mistakes have been made. You think it's too late for you, but it's not too late for God. You have walked away from a relationship and burned bridges, but it's not too late for God. The person you've been witnessing to shut you down, it's not too late for God. Your marriage looks over, it's not too late for God. The creditors are foreclosing, it's not too late for God. Your children have turned their back on you, it's not too late for God. You've lost everything to addiction and it's still not too late for God. It's never too late for him. 
I know, I mean, our time will never operate according to his time. Our knowledge base is never going to match to what he sees and knows. He is all powerful and he is omnipotent. It's never too late for God. Jesus wasn't four days late. He was right on time. Verse 18, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. I mean, the people had come to console Martha and Mary and their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha comes out to meet him, but Mary stays in the house. Maybe it was... Maybe it was offense, maybe it was grief, but something kept her from going to see Jesus. Verse 22, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, right? I, I mean, I've prayed that a few times, Lord, if you had only, because I'm so smart. <laughs> if you had only done it this way, right? Have, if you only went, if you only did that, Verse 22, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Martha knew the truth, but having faith doesn't mean, listen, having faith doesn't mean you have to ignore reality. And there's this conflict going on right here. I mean, Mary and Martha, they're, they're, they're being consoled because of this loss. I mean, there, there's, there's no fact of the matter around it. There's, I mean, it's not debatable or arguable. Lazarus is dead. And in spite of all that, Martha, maybe not even realize fully what she's saying, says, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. God will give you whatever you ask. But listen to me. Number three is this. Promises are not hindered by facts. Amen. Promises are not hindered by facts. I was talking with my um, father-in-law not not too long ago, and, and you know, some you know, years ago, we were me and Angel were on staff with him, and it was really kind of a special season. Um, uh, our worship leader was uh, Chris. And Angel was a kids pastor. I was a youth pastor. It was just one of those special moments that we had for a few years. And um, anyway, we had this really, that's a powerful service one time. And I really felt the Lord gave me a word for my father-in-law. And, um, and, you know, and sometimes when God gives you a word, you don't know, you don't know the circuit. You don't, you know, I'm, I know my father-in-law pretty well, but I don't know everything, what he's going through facing or anything like that. And, and I, I remember, I, I don't remember the whole thing, but I remember this statement. And I've never, I've, I've kind of always applied it into my own life. But the, part of that word was that he is the God that changes the facts. And, you know, for a season, my father-in-law had a really difficult, he just trying to process that. And, and through the years, we've had several conversations. And, and kind of that, just that entire word has always been close to his heart. He wrote it down, and, and we talk about it sometimes. He said, look, God did this here and did that there in and, and a really special moment. But listen to me. Listen to me. Acknowledging the truth. Some people say that acknowledging the truth is a confession that hurts your chances. And I, you know, when I look through scripture and I see, you know, what was the identity given to Bartimaeus? Does anybody remember the story? What, what was Bartimaeus? He was blind. What was Lazarus? He was dead. It was, I mean, if we, it, it was dead Lazarus. I mean, you know. Or whether it be leprosy or whatever it was. And I, listen, I, what I'm trying to say is this. I, I, listen, I know, listen, I've had people very close to me go through terminal illnesses. And, and, and I've seen, I've walked with other people through that. And, but here's what, I, here's what I'm trying to tell you. To acknowledge the situation you're in doesn't mean you don't believe in the promise. To acknowledge this is where I'm at doesn't mean you don't have faith. And I know, there, I know there's power in the confession and, and life and death is in the tongue. And, and, I, and I get all of that, but listen to me. 
If God can make an axe head float, he can do in your life whatever needs to be done. If God can speak and separate the dark and the, and the light and the land and the sea and create man from the dust of the ground, he can do in your life whatever that needs to be done. It doesn't matter if it's cancer. It doesn't matter if it's blindness. It doesn't matter if it's uh, you know, anxiety or depression or addiction or whatever it is. God can still do it. God can still do it. The worse the, the, worse the truth the greater the opportunity for God's glory to be revealed. Now I'm not saying, now I'm not telling you, now listen, I'm not suggesting that you go around, you know, and, and, and uh, like dub yourself like blind Bartimaeus. Oh, I'm anxiety, Nancy. You know, you know I'm depressed Carl or, you know, I'm addicted, Charlie. I, I'm, not, that, I'm, not saying, that's, I'm not saying that, but whatever situation, whatever it's in, I want you to know that you can, because of God's power at work within you, you can hold your head up, you can hold your shoulders back, and you can walk through that valley and have the confidence and know that God is with you. He hasn't left you or forsaken you. So, verse 23. Verse 23, I'm kind of on 1.5 speed right now. Uh, Verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he'll rise when everyone else rises at at the last day. And Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection of life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And of course, I mean, just very simply, I mean, we're talking about those that are, have placed their faith and trust in Christ Jesus and have confessed with their mouth what they believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Whether the grave takes us or we hear the trumpet blow, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. I mean, he is the resurrection and the life. And Martha, I mean, she knew that she was, she knew there was going to be a moment. She was going to see Lazarus in heaven, but Jesus keeps going. Verse 25, I am the resurrection and life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so, I mean, yes, Jesus is setting up. He's, he's giving us a spiritual truth of what it means, what salvation in him means and, and being in him. But I also believe that Jesus was kind of given maybe a little, a little nugget. What he was saying to her was, watch, this situation is about to change. If, if you'll believe in me, just, just watch, and something's about to shift. I'm, see, see, I already know. You may not know, and you may not realize, but I know me and the fathers talked about this, and, so, and, and what's about to happen is going to bring me glory and bring the Father glory, and it's going to turn your world upside down. He said, just get ready. I, I just let you know it's about to change. Something's about to shift. Verse 27. Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she, she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside and the mourners. And he said, the teacher's here and wants to see you. Now, we don't see anywhere where Jesus tells Martha to say that. I, I mean, we really have no indication of what's going on or, or why Martha did that. And so, but verse 29, Mary immediately went to him. So listen, at first she held back. I said, first she held back. I mean, she knew who Jesus was. And she knew that if Jesus had just shown up, that he could have healed Lazarus, just like she had seen him heal so many others. But he was late. And so she stayed back. She said, she said, listen, listen. She said, you didn't do what I wanted. You didn't do what I wanted. You didn't do this the way I think it should have been worked out and done. But Martha went to her and said, Jesus wants you. He didn't say that, but, but regardless... Verse 29, Mary went immediately. I mean, Mary took off running to the direction of Jesus. She left the place 
where she shouldn't have been and got to the place where she was supposed to be. I said she left the place where she shouldn't have been and she got to the place where she should have been. Listen, I know sometimes, man, we, we start off, we're like, man, I'm going to do this 30-day challenge, and then we get to day two, and then day three, and then we're like, man, I'm 20 chapters behind. I, I'll be honest, that happened to me. I spent Wednesday, I spent like two hours Wednesday catching up. And when you face those moments, and you can, I know I say this often, but you can fill in the blank however you want in that moment. But see, sometimes we feel like we fail. Oh, surely God can't love me as much now because I gave up on day four of the 30-day reading Bible challenge. Surely God can't love me as much now because I just really just haven't prayed in eight days. Maybe, you know, Jesus, surely he can't love me now because I've made the same mistake over and over and over. Is anybody in the house? Get out of where you shouldn't be and get to where, where you should be. Listen. It always starts with that first step. And when you start down that road, I mean, did the prodigal son not teach us anything? Man, you make that move. You know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to say, yes, finally. Come home, my child. So listen, number four, very simple. Always turn to Jesus. When you mess up, turn to Jesus. When you say something you shouldn't say, turn to Jesus. When you watch something you shouldn't watch, turn to Jesus. When you say something you shouldn't say about somebody else, turn to Jesus. When you make the mistake that you think you can't come back from, turn to Jesus. You know, the pattern of, to encounter the presence of God is very simple. I believe there's three things, and this is not in your notes, this is for free. There's three things that I think attract, that, that attracts God. Like, you know, like where you encounter and experience God. One is faith. It takes faith. And you don't have to have all of these at the same time, right? I mean, they, these can work on their own. You got to have faith. You got to have humility. What does God say? That God, God, he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives his presence to the humble. The third thing is brokenness. I mean, you see those promises all through Scripture. The psalmist wrote that he is close to the brokenhearted. Right? He's close to the brokenhearted. Whenever you're in that moment of brokenness, don't let it drive you away because you think God should have done it a different way than it was done. Get out of where you were and get to where you're supposed to be. John eleven thirty. 30. Jesus, Jesus had stayed outside the village as the, 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 the place where Martha met him, when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, and so they followed her. So this crowd, so, you know, Martha says, hey, Jesus wants to see you. She takes off to go see Jesus, and then the crowd, we don't know what the crowd or how many in the crowd or who the crowd is, but the crowd follows her. And I just really find that interesting. The crowd followed Mary. And listen, even in your darkest moments, even in your most difficult moment, especially in your darkest moments, people around you are watching. And if you'll turn to Jesus, it's going to get their attention. I mean, I want, hey, let's be real, right? Let's be real. Something happens in your life and turns your life upside down. Your friends are going to notice that you didn't go by the, the case of Coors Light. They're going to notice. They're going to say to themselves, they, they didn't respond how they always respond. Hello? 
I mean, whatever it may be, maybe somebody assaults your character and, and, and uh, is talking bad about you and you have proof of it and yet you don't return railing for railing or insult for insult, but blessing that you may also inherit. That's a scripture, by the way. Blessing so you may also inherit blessing. And they see you respond that way and they're like, man, if I was you, here's what I'd do. It's like, yeah, but that's not what Jesus would do. That, listen, that's gonna get somebody's attention. And so what's going to happen is, is that's how you begin to lead people with you to encounter Jesus. John 32, 11, 32, Mary arrived and saw Jesus. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you only had been there, my brother would not have died. There, it finally comes out. She finally says it. It's finally expressed. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing for her, a deep anger... It didn't say, you know, you, shouldn't I say deep love, deep, deep compassion? Hello? What, what does it say? A deep, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. I'm just wondering the tone of voice he used in 34, where did you put him? I don't think that was a, hey ladies, where, where did you put, where did you put Lazarus? I'm thinking there might have been, maybe, maybe, oh no, I'm reading into it. I know, I know. But maybe. Where'd you put him? Maybe. He asked them, they told him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus, then Jesus, then Jesus wept. Lord, you're, you're too late. You could have kept him from dying. We've lost our brother. You've lost your very close friend. And then, and then the next verse, shortest verse in the Bible, two words, Jesus wept. Jesus wept over the loss. He, he didn't weep that he was frustrated that they didn't get it again. Lazarus was close to Jesus. And he felt the sting of, of loss and he felt the sting of this, this death and he knew Mary and Martha were, were hurting. He knew that. And so I believe I, 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 there's powerful things that happen in this account, but I, I don't know this is not one, not the most powerful truth that you can take from this verse, this, this passage. When you feel like no one understands, Jesus understands. When you feel like no one understands, Jesus understands. See, the Bible tells us, Hebrews 4, 15, this high priest of ours understands our weakness. He understands our weakness for he faced all the same things we do. And I know I've used this. I've talked about that so many times, but it, I think it's this, the power of it bears repeating and the importance of it that we have an advocate in heaven's court that is at the throne of the Father and when you're going through something, you got to know that Jesus represents you at throne's court and he can tell the father, I know what they're going through, father. I went through that. I felt that. I know how difficult that is. Come on, that should bring comfort to you people, right? That should let us know, listen, God knows exactly. He has felt the same thing you felt. Whatever you're feeling right now, whenever, whatever, when the world blows up and whatever goes wrong in your life, Jesus understands. Jesus understands. Verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, oh, there's always the some. Oh, goodness. Chris, would you mind to get me that box of Kleenex right there? Thank you, sir. The people are sitting there, you know, there's always going to be that. That's exactly always going to be the two top of people you got. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Instead of mourning and grieving with Mary and Martha, I mean, they're really true, critical, negative selves come out the doubters the the naysayers listen you are always going to have those in life i you know it's amazing to me how 
um, how people can root, like cheer for people to fail. I mean, this really blows, blows my mind. I, now listen, I, anytime Texas plays, I root they lose. I do. Anytime um, Oklahoma plays, I root they lose. I, disgrace of the NCAA, I tell you what. But listen, we're talking about life. We're talking about life. And I, you know, yesterday, I, uh, if you just give me just a little bit of leeway just for a moment, I, I'm kind of going to... I, I was having, a, I was, I, I teach a class every so often and uh, through our, our credentialing school, our school of ministry in Lubbock. And I was, I was doing that yesterday and I was having a conversation with somebody and, and listen, I, I, I don't say this. I mean, it's just, um, I, I do say this with humility. I know some may not perceive it that way, but all, all, all of my ministry, the Lord has just has used me in some specific gifts according to first Corinthians 12. And one of those is discernment. And, and uh, you know, when I was young, I got in a lot of trouble with it because I made a lot of people mad and I burned a lot of bridges because I felt like whatever God showed me, surely it was for me to tell everybody, right? You know, I mean, I've used the example. I mean, when I first went to a church one time, I was on staff and I mean, I, was, I mean, the Lord was just like, you know, I was a seeing like thing, you know, like, you know, issues with people. And so I made a list. I wrote it down and I handed it to the pastor and I was like, this person's gay, this person's this, this person, you know, is doing drugs. You know, I mean, all kind, you know, and I gave it to the pastor and I was thinking, yeah, here we go. And I mean, you know, not saying it this way, but his tone told me this way. You're an idiot. Right, you know, I mean, it's like a bless your heart moment, you know. But through the years, I've matured. You mature, right? You mature. But that, I mean, I I want to say this very carefully. But for about five years, I really felt the Lord has, um, uh, 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 I've been able to distinguish good, you know, th- th- that spirit in somebody, and it's it's somebody that um, uh, has some influence over, over a lot of things and a lot of people. And I've spent about four or five years really frustrated. I really have. I, you know, I've really, you know, been, I, fa- I have fasted, I have prayed, uh, you know, and it's like so many people are blind to it. And, and I've been really careful what I say, when I say, and who I say it to. It's really been a, a matter of prayer. And I tell you what, something came out of my mouth yesterday that, you know, is that moment, it was like I had never, I'd never even thought this statement before. Never even thought, are you listening, never even, never even went through my brain, ever. And as, after I said it, I didn't say it out loud, but after I said it, I said to myself, well, that was a word of the Lord to you. Uh, the, the, that's, that's exactly what I heard in my heart. And what I said was this, maybe, they're in this specific situation, not for them to be exposed to everybody else, because that's what I had been praying. But for the Lord to expose their own heart to them, that he can reconcile them. And I thought, I mean, y'all, I've been doing this a long time. You would think I would know this stuff. You would think I'd know this stuff. And so here's what I want to say is we have enough critics, be an encourager. We have enough naysayers, be an encourager. When somebody comes to you and shares some kind of dream, don't be like, oh, you? <laughs> you? <laughs> you, know, or go, you know, or be like, you know, give them the platitude, oh, wow, yay. Can you believe what they're doing? How about we speak life in the people? How about we speak life in the people? How about we speak blessing and encouragement? I'm not saying that there are not those moments where, you know, truth has, can't be declared. or There's absolutely those moments. But listen to me. I think that God will do more in and through us if we find ourselves encouraging more than being less and less critical. Remember James 5, 9, I'll read, don't grumble about, it. I mean, it says it's so direct, 5, 9, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters. Don't you like how it says brothers and sisters? Because who likes to grumble about each other? Siblings. That's who grumbles about each other. 
And James is writing to the church, to Christians, believers. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. Wow. John eleven thirty eight. We've got to hurry. Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. I've, I've, I've been in your, I, that, that's a place I have been in Jesus' shoes. A cave. And so Jesus was still angry. He arrived at the tomb. Jesus, you're still angry. You arrive at the church. <laughs> a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Verse 39. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But here, I mean, here, Jesus on the cusp of doing something phenomenal. And all Martha can come up with is an excuse. They already had this conversation about Jesus being the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me is going to partake of this resurrection and life. And Jesus is like, roll that stone away, but Jesus. Remember, I, okay, I know we just went through this a few verses earlier, Jesus, but you got to do this the way we think it should be done. Ver, number seven, stop putting obstacles to your own miracle. Stop putting obstacles to your own miracle. I wish I had enough time to really kind of break this apart, but listen to me. There are many things I do believe that can hinder a miracle happen in our life. If, 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 you're, if you're praying for a financial breakthrough, you can't continue in negative ways and then pray for a crop failure. I know that's tough to hear. And you can put anything in that, in that perspective, right? You can put anything in that perspective. Lord, I just, I just really need you to do this. And Jesus is saying, but I really need you to do this. Right? And we're like, oh, no, 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 Lord. I need you to do <laughs> I feel the Lord is telling me. You know, it's like, sorry. <laughs> I just got a little facetious, sorry. Uh, is there a chapter and verse for how you're feeling? No. Okay. Stop putting obstacles to your miracle. Yes, you've got to have faith. And I'm not, you know, so I think some preachers, you know, they, we kind of get hung up, you know, lack of faith or no, or this faith or that faith or that. Listen, I, I mean, sometimes I'm just at a place where I'm crying out for help. I'm just crying out for help, but I need to do all that I can do to make sure there is nothing in the way. We got to roll the stones away. Yeah, we got to roll the stone away of unbelief. We got to, but you know, there really is, is what the path we've got to get on is that of obedience and faithfulness, regardless of the result. And that's the part we don't like to hear too much. Think about it. Jesus was in the entire creation process, and all he needed was somebody to move the stone. That's all he wanted, that's all he asked. There are times when Jesus just shows up and he does what needs to be done. There is no doubt about it. I believe that our God is a God of spontaneity at times. It's not spontaneous to him, but it's to us. Listen, a miracle, a moment, a healing, a breakthrough, it can happen at any moment. And, you know, we preach, you know, here's 10 steps to your breakthrough or, or, or five ways to well or, or whatever it may be. And, and all that's well and good. And, and in most instances, you know, we, those are patterns we follow. But listen, we serve a God that can do whatever he pleases according to the psalmist, that God does whatever he pleases. And he can do for you at any moment in time what needs to be done, regardless of what lies back here. Sin's a barrier. Attitude can be a barrier. Lack of faithfulness can be a barrier. Trying to do it on your own can be a barrier. Doing wrong can be a barrier. But we need to get rid of all the obstacles. But Lord, Martha, the sister... <laughs> of a dead man, but there's a bad odor. He's been dead for four days. Want to hurry, verse 40. When we got four more verses. Didn't I tell you that you would, that you would see the, glo the, the glory? Didn't I say if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Didn't I say if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? In today's words, Jesus was saying, do you want to see the glory of God? I thought you believed. 
Quit with the excuses and obey me. 41, so they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up in heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here. Aren't you glad that Jesus does stuff just for your sake? So that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted. I mean, that's what we. Sh- I mean, we should have had a human video of Lazarus with uh, 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 Carmen. That's what we should have done. Some of you don't even know what that is. And so Jesus shouted, "Lazarus, come out!" And we don't know like the 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 events of how this lines up and 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 what happened. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, as soon as they rolled the stone away, if Lazarus is already kind of stirring. I mean, but I, if he was laying there, I mean, at the, at the L, <laughs> at the L, I believe that Lazarus opened his eyes. And so he speaks out, come out, Lazarus, come out. You know, many have said that he had to be specific because if he had just said, come out, all the dead people would have came out. I mean, maybe so. But in verse 44, it says, and the dead man came out. His hands were bound, grave clothes, face wrapped in hand clothes. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And I really do. I really wish that scripture gave more detail on what happened. But here's what I know now is that a lot of people went to a funeral And Jesus went into a funeral, but he's the one that turned it into a celebration. And what I want you to know this morning, the sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Listen, I know the night may has been dark and difficult, but when you got Jesus in the midst of your situation, you don't know what he might do. You don't know what he's going to do next. He may be saying your name next. He may be saying today Sammy is when it all changes. Jamie is when it all changes. Corbin is when it all changes. Ben, it's all going to change today. You don't know when he might call your name. You don't know. But I want to tell you, he's there. He's there. He's there. And if you're in this house today, if you're in this house this morning, I want you to know that he is here this morning and there's always a miracle ready in the house. Would you stand with me this morning? Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit odessafirstassembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.